0: And gentlemen, boys, and girls, Elvis fans from around the world. Hey, welcome to another episode of Shaping Elvis. I, I gotta tell you this this episode I have been uh, battling with for some time. I wanted to open up. Well. Normally when I do an episode, I wing it. I mean, I'm like, just I just turn the mic on and I just go. But uh, for this three-part episode, I wanted to make sure that I had all the facts correct. And that's why yesterday's part one sounded so scripted, because it was. Um, You know, I really wanted to be reverent, um, make sure the story was complete as I could get it, you know, using the facts and stories that I had on hand. Um. I gathered those facts from stories I heard through the years, newspaper articles, internet articles, and the like. And in my own little way, I guess you could say, yesterday's part one of this three-part episode of Shaping Elvis was my own little tribute. 41 years since the passing of the king, and still to this day, fans from around the world, quite literally, as we've already seen, still pay tribute, still come see him, still listen to his music, still watch his movies. And it just amazes me how many people, you know, continue to do such. So for this special episode, we'll go back into shaping Elvis the series uh, in two weeks. But for part two, I wanted to have a special anniversary tribute, if you will, and talk with the fans. So you've heard me talk about them before, and I think now would be the time to really introduce these lovely people. And I'm talking about none other than the Tupelo Elvis Presley Fan Club. Again, I love these people. They have become quick friends. And again, you know, if you if you love Elvis, you're going to be friends to the end, I guess, would be the thing to say. But um, seriously, when I first got to know some of the members of the fan club. I honestly didn't know what to expect when I went into a fan club meeting. When I first started this podcast, I went into Tupelo Hardware because, you know, I just figured that was one of the best places to start. And that's where I met Miss Connie. Now, unbeknownst to me, Miss Connie is the vice president of the Tupelo Elvis fan club. So from the beginning, Miss Connie has helped me With this podcast, special thanks to her. And she invited me to a board meeting of the fan clubs. So, of course, duh, I'm going, right? So, you know, I got to be honest, when I first went in, I thought we was going to go in, have some cookies, have some cake, maybe some coffee, a little something to eat. Um, Elvis music playing in the background and everybody sitting around talking about uh, Elvis memories nope the elvis fan club the tupelo elvis fan club is legit y'all and it very very much surprised me of all the things that they are involved in um so here's what we're going to do we're going to shift gears and go to the uh board meeting uh of course i'm not going to let you hear everything there because that's you know that's that's a board meeting you know. You don't get to hear that stuff. <laughs> and uh, and then I got to sit down later on with Mr. Victor Armstrong and his wife, Jackie. Mr. Armstrong is the treasurer of the fan club, and he has a pretty neat story about the Elvis Presley car tag that you have probably seen running around Tupelo, or maybe you've seen it where you're at. But you definitely want to hear that story, and I trust you will find it very, very informative.
1: All right, all right. Victor's at. It.
2: We got. If no treasury question, anybody report. got any questions?
1: <laughs> okay. Do I hear a motion of minutes So the treasury report, rather, or is it accepted? Oh, you need the motion. I, I so move okay. accept the treasury report. Right. second. Okay. Everybody <coughs> in agreement. Okay. Barbara, what about membership? You want to go on with your well, membership? Well, we had those two, Lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, but we didn't have a meeting <clears throat> one did the, was it at the? At the, uh, the dance with the king. The that they joined, or? One was at the scholarship and one was at the Dancing with the King. Okay. Um. We had one on, that renewed on PayPal annually and we sold two bricks
0: on PayPal. I go um out from the board meeting and immediately I get invited to the next week for my very first Tupelo Elvis Presley fan club meeting. Now, like I said earlier, I was not expecting what I got, okay? When I walk in, I'm greeted, shaking hands, neck hugs, and I walk in, they give me a ticket, and say, here, uh, supper's in the back. So I walk in, supper is supplied, Uh, I look over to my left, there's a huge souvenir stand, Uh, they get new uh, Elvis memorabilia and little knickknacks and whatnots uh, that you just have to get, and everybody starts to eat. Well, during this time, Mr. Armstrong gets up and he reads the minutes of what was discussed at the board meeting, and the minutes are read and presented to the entire club. Uh, There are, you know, those who were there. Uh, They do some announcements. They talk about that. And let me just say this. It was not just folks sitting around eating and listening to Elvis or what have you. Nothing like I thought business was being taken care of. Okay. so once the business got out of the way, they always have entertainment of some sort. Uh, this particular night, it was Dale Rushing and the Rust Bucket Roadies. Uh, they are a rockabilly blues outfit from over in Morville. Here's a little taste of them in the background that you can hear. He did give me permission, so thank you for that, Mr. Dale. Very energetic band. You should go check them out and book them for your next gig. But as soon as they hit the stage, man, people got out and started dancing, and it was a good. It was a good night. After the fan club meeting. I set up three interviews right out of the gate. One of them was the president of the fan club, Mr. Jack Curtis. Another, a founder and still active member, Miss Barbara Mallory. Love her. And this guy, the treasurer, Mr. Victor Armstrong. So, if you will, your name and current
2: occupation. Victor Armstrong. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I work for the fan club, basically. Yeah. Now I. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a graphic designer but I, I don't have but two or three clients that I still work for I'm still I'm mostly retired so
0: in the fan club what is what is your title what's
2: your position in the fan club cheap cooking bottle washer. <laughs> I'm the official treasurer I go to the meetings and help set up the meetings and uh, help make sure everything's running right and make like, I just, I just sort of help in the background make sure everything's running right. But uh, And I do the graphics, I do most of the signs and the, like for the concerts, I do the the tickets and the posters and things of that nature. So like I said, I just do a little bit of everything.
0: That's Ziggy in the background that made an appearance.
2: We're doing pretty good. We, we give to the charity that we think Elvis would would like to give to so we we a lot of youth organizations stuff like that. You mentioned
0: charities, uh, if if you will, kind of go in a little more deeper with that. Well, what kind of charities, scholarships? Um,
2: well, our main thing is the Tupelo Elvis Presley Fan Club Youth Scholarships that we give every year. We give to three deserving senior graduates. We give uh, 5,000 first place, 3,000 second, and the 2,000 third. And this is for any graduating senior in Mississippi that will submit a two songs, one Elvis and one not Elvis, to our the YouTube channel. And then what our judges do, they go through all that, and we, then they select 10. And those 10 come to Tupelo the first week in April, usually yeah first week in april and they perform for the judges and they pick out the top four they give money to the top three and the fourth one usually gets a recording studio time with mr simmons over at morville the second one is i think the uh, aquatic center tupelo aquatic center we give thirteen thousand a year to that because Elvis wanted a swimming pool in East Tupelo and that's that's I guess as close as we could get, it, get to getting Elvis a swimming pool in East Tupelo so when they first came up with that the fan club voted to give uh, $130,000 in 10 year over the period of 10 years but uh, when that came about the fan club was I mean we, I thought that we were excited about it because it's a it's in East Tupelo and it's it's a they dedicated one wall to the to Elvis over there and so we were we were pretty proud of that. We've got a display out that shows some of the things we do and some of our stuff in the foyer out there. Like I can say we we were proud to be a part or still proud to be a part of that. We had the uh, we sponsored a special Olympics which was out there a couple of weeks ago and uh we had, they had 50 contestants from all over Mississippi and part of Alabama and Tennessee, I think, and the kids were great. They showed out, and so that's one of their second. The third one would probably be the Regional Rehab Center. We give about 10000 to it every year uh, because that's just, just a wonderful place. I mean, it's like St. Jude and Le Bonner You go there, you don't pay anything, and they they try to help you as much as they can and so that's well worth it. Then of course we give St. Jude Lebonner. um we give a lot of local small things like dancing with the king. This is a new scholarships for ballroom dancing to Elvis music which people are like. Really, I didn't even know that was a thing, but but we have a great time we had 380 people i think at the friday night sock just this past year so it's grown from probably 100 people to 380 and that's just in i think three years four years maybe so uh then we have uh let's see what else we give just like i say small ones Pied piper playhouse was one of the ones we gave this year which is just high school students that put on plays and they're pretty good. We went to watch; and they were really good. They did an Elvis thing and uh, that's how we got sort of involved in them. And uh, we give to the Tupelo Children's Mansion because that was that's in East Tupelo. It does a great job for kids that need help.
0: Uh, Another the Way you guys
2: help out is through the car tags, correct? Right. The car tags, yes. That's Miss Wilma White's dream. She was. She always said that. You know, Mississippi needs a car tag because you go to Tennessee and they've got the Elvis car tag, which is nothing as good as ours. <laughs> I'll have. To, I'll have to say it's just. It's just not as good as ours. But uh, she was. She was a big. She was the proponent in getting. With the card tag, she did everything that needed to be done. She went to the legislature, as far as I know, and she went to EPE, and she got all of the ducks in the row for the fan club to actually be able to have the Mississippi Elvis tag, state tag. But um, yeah, the, the tag is—it was one of the one of the things that. Or it is one of the things that sort of changed the club's direction. Up until the Car Tag, we had been basically a fan club that would meet and have some entertainment and eat, and, you know, we'd had very little money, but what little money we had, we would try to, to give. St. Butte Le Bonheur, of course, every year, and then the smaller, tank, around town, we would give to things. But when the Car Tag was officially... When 2008, no, 2009, I believe, when the car tag went in, it took us from a you know, $2,000 bank account to four, six, eight, ten thousand $10,000. So we had to start looking at the fan club as, as more like a business. And, and instead of just having board members that were there for the name, then we had to have board members that would actually step up and, and start taking care of the business. So uh, we've done really good with the car tag. It's it's not selling as good as I I want because you know people like Josh don't have it on every vehicle. But but <laughs> I forgive you. But but we we're we're trying more and more. We go um, we. We've got some keychains and some little handouts that we we try and give pretty much everywhere we go. We talk about the car tag every chance we get because a lot of people since it doesn't have the Tupelo Elvis fan club on it, it has Create foundation. A lot of people don't understand that it is that the the fan club gets the funds and that, that we can, you know, distribute them like we think Elvis would like so the reason that is because when we were trying to get the tag done you've got a window and each I think it's like a six month if you don't get this window then you have to wait six or eight months before you can apply again and because of the problems we had getting not only EPE to approve it but the state to approve it. A lot of times we were sending one to EPE to approve and sending another one to the state for them to look at. And we missed that six month or eight month window many times. So when we finally got EPE approval and the state of Mississippi approval, we had very short time to get it get it in to the legislature for them to say okay you guys are approved at the time the fan club was not a 401c three or four i'm not sure which one we were supposed to be but we didn't have the paperwork set up create volunteered to step in and help us out and so that's the reason create is on the bottom instead of the fan club simply because we chose to go with them instead of waiting another six or eight months to get our 401c3 or 4.
0: So the process, before anybody ever really knew it,
2: started. Well, uh, that's sort of the reason that I'm in the fan club, is that Barbara and Connie, Barbara Mallory and Connie Tullis, had... Uh, Shanghai, I mean, had gotten me to to help with the cookbook, which we the fan club put out for several years, and it so really good, but I helped design the cookbook. And because I had helped design the cookbook, they came to me about the car tag. And so they said, this is what we want. And I was like, okay, what are you thinking about putting over there in that little three-inch place that up until then was all that you could get a state tag and even nowadays if you look over on the left hand side there's a little three inch logo or emblem that that's what they used to allow and they still do that in a lot of cases but everybody was like well we want a pretty tag we want it to look really good because it's elvis so i was thinking it's not going to happen because they've never done that before But I still, I started churning them out. And so I started bringing designs, and we would, I would come up with eight or 10 designs. We'd show them at the club meeting. The club would say, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, and so we'd go on, and that would sort of center it to what I needed to do the next month. And the next month, I would do eight or 10, and then we'd come back, and we'd say, yeah, we like this, but we don't like this, and so. We did that for several months. I, I think I'm about 150 different designs. And finally, at, toward the end, we were getting what they wanted. They were wanting Elvis over in the left-hand side, the birthplace in the background. And I was continuously saying that the state of Mississippi is not going to let us do that. They don't have one of those. I mean, we, they've never done that before. <coughs> well let's try it anyway so okay we finally we got it down to where the birthplace on the, on the back and the Elvis over to the to the left and we sent it in well shocking as it may seem it came back and they said we like everything except you can't use EP the electric power association already got EP you can't use that I'm like you, what they said we could use everything except the EP and they said yeah so we changed it to, we tried EL and we tried e, uh, EP we tried everything but they didn't like it so finally they suggested what about E? no Barbara suggested what about E1 so we sent that one down there and they said that'll work we'll take that so we finally got the state of Mississippi happy, and then we had to make sure EPE was happy. So when we would send it to them, they would come back. They didn't like the way Elvis was standing, or they didn't like the the picture was not uh, bright enough, or it was think. And we finally got everything right, and we thought we had it going. And then they came back and said that the autograph that is on there is not the official Elvis Presley autograph, which I don't know where I got that. I'm sure it was off the internet. So we were almost ready to go. And then we had to come back and change that design, put the official EP, uh, Elvis Presley sanctioned Elvis Presley signature on it. And I did that like in an hour and sent it back to them for them to approve because we had to get it into the legislature within the next two or three days to get it passed. And so they finally, I think it was like at the last minute, they approved it. And we rushed it off in an email down there to them. And I think Mr. Holland helped us a little bit at the end getting, getting it through because he was a big big fan of ours and uh so at the at the 11th hour we finally got it approved through the legislature and we we started selling in 2000 Sell, like what, 2009 oh yeah that's another story mm-hmm. we had to pre-sell 300 No, uh, so once we finally got it approved and everything this was This was what we were doing while we were trying to get the image approved. We were selling them. It was like, you want to buy an Elvis tag? What does it look like? It doesn't matter. Do you want to buy an Elvis tag? So we were selling Elvis tags, and we had a bunch of people. I think we had up to like 125 or 130, somewhere in there. But we had to get to 300. And a lady in New Jersey, of all places, I think she was New Jersey or New York. Anyway, she... Bought a hundred and fifty-something tags and got us over the three hundred mark. I don't know the lady. I I never. I don't know her name. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure we sent her a thank you letter or something. But I I couldn't tell you her name if I had to. So finally, we got the tag and it started, and so we were gonna. All, everybody was excited because we had all picked our numbers. You know, it was like, what number do you want? Well, I want this number, and I want this number, and I want this number. And I think the only person that ever got their own number was Barbara, because she got the number one plate. The rest of them just went scattered, and you just had to get the first 300. So the first 300 people got at least under 300, but after that, you know, it was everywhere. So that's the tag story. If you want an autograph, When I'll autograph it. <laughs> All right. Tell me who you are
0: and what you do and what you've been doing present day.
1: Well, I'm Barbara. I was Barbara Martin Mallory. And um, I'm retired. I worked at uh, Bank Corp South for 30 years. For that, I was a cosmetologist and uh, had a beauty shop in Pontotoc and one in Tupelo. And... Um, I've always been an Elvis fan from the time I was 15 years old and heard him on the radio, W A M Y, sing Blue Moon of Kentucky. Um, I was home by myself, ironing, I think. And I heard, you know, we didn't have a telephone, we didn't have TV. So, girls my age, teenagers, we listened to the radio. And, um, when they played that song, I just, um, immediately knew that it was different and that I liked it. And then, of course, you know, we were always talking to to friends. If we were in school, if we wasn't in school, we wrote letters back and forth. But, um... Everybody else felt like I did, you know. All my friends and cousins, and you know, that heard heard him. And by then, you know, we, we were hearing it more and more, and we were riding in to the radio station to play it more and more. We heard he was going He was at Belden Gym first, Belden High School Gym. Well, some most of them went to Belden School, and we all started preparing to make sure we went to hear him and see him. Because we hadn't seen him yet, see, when we heard him on the radio, we had no idea what he looked like. And uh, at that time, I picked cotton, hoed, whatever I could do to earn my spending money. And we all did, or the, the girls I knew did. And we got us a little money ahead, and we we went to the Black and White Store, and that's where part of Reed's is now here in Tupelo. And we bought us all a dress just alike. It had to be pink because his colors was pink and black. We by then we knew that
0: much. And now, what what year is this? What what year time frame? This is
1: 1955. Okay. And in the meantime. Um between the time I saw him at at Belden, right after that, I wrote him a letter. You know, and and uh joined his fan club in Memphis and got you know, I still got that card and everything. I had to send a dollar in cash to get become a member of his fan club in Memphis. And uh we bought our pink dresses, and we didn't have enough money left to buy shoes. We wanted black shoes because that was his colors, pink and black. So we attempted to dye our white shoes black, and they turned out gray, sort of charcoal, I guess. Anyway, back then, you know, we didn't have a lot of pairs of shoes. We got a summer pair and a winter pair, I did. and. Um, we got to go see him at Belden, and I remember he was driving a Ford Victoria, which I later found out was actually his mother's car. Ernest Jorgensen told me that, then I read it later, because his Cadillac had burned or something that he just bought on a trip in Texas or somewhere. So he, he used his mother's car that time. And we walked right by it, you know, and and uh, saw him that night. And then after, and then um, after it was over, well, we were three of us standing together, dressed just alike, and he kind of looked at us and winked, and
0: we all claimed that wink. <laughs> So three of you girls <laughs> went to, uh, the, and this is at Belden.
1: Uh-huh, Beld and Jim. And, uh huh. Belden gym, and after it was over, he went in the boys' dressing room, which was up under the bleachers. And of course, we we all he was they were selling pictures, and we all lined up and got our picture, and then went through the line to get his autograph, and. I couldn't think of words to say. I, you know, I was standing right in front of him, and I was so awestruck by how good looking he was. I guess I don't know. I, I was kind of shy back then too, and I I just couldn't think of anything to say. But I was looking at him. He had on he had changed into a lace shirt, a white lace shirt, and he didn't have on a undershirt. <laughs> And I think I'm the only one who remembered that. (laughs) But but anyway, that was the only time, you know, when I met him or saw him or whatever. And then from that, he come back to Tupelo to the fairgrounds, uh, but Will Pierce was the headliner on August the 1st. This at Belden was June the 15th, I believe. And then he come back August the first to the fairground, and Webb Pierce was the headliner, and Wanda Jackson, and and I've always I always thought in my mind that I saw him twice at Belden, and I still think that, but I never could find uh, we never could find an exact date. I just remember what I wore and where I sat, and I know my mother and daddy was with me that night. But the other girls, they say I'm mistaken because they don't remember it, and they would, and they'd have been there,
0: so I don't know.
1: I thought, well, maybe I dreamed it,
0: but then... Well, before you get into it, let me ask you this. Uh, you just said your, your mom and dad went with you. What, what were their thoughts? Did they go as a chaperone? Or no, they, they just as... went
1: to take me, Okay. to take me. Yeah, that, that I didn't for you know I don't know I don't know how I got there the first time but I, I, I'm a thinking that I was with my cousins and say so they went to school at Belden and they lived close to Belden school and I lived about eight miles out further west uh, at Inville so um, I can't remember how we got there that night um, that first time but but I know my mother and dad were with me the second time. I, my mother was, um, she was pretty cool as far as, you know, she was young with me, kinda. And she just, she understood what it meant to be a teenager and she married young, she was, um, well, she married in March. She was 17, and her birthday, she'd have been 18 in June. so she was nearly 18 when she married, but she married young. And then two years later, I was born, and uh, she was just always kind of young with me. She'd bi- ride bicycles with me and, you know, all of that. So um, Daddy was pretty strict, but for whatever reason... They took me, you know, and um, and I know my mother bought me a little RCA record player. She put it put it in layaway, and I think it cost like forty five dollars or something like that back then. I know it had a, a little carrying case that zipped up, and I took that thing with me everywhere I went, just about, cause I all of them didn't have one, you know, and. Um, and she'd buy, she'd buy me records, you know, books and things Elvis-related. and uh, So it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. And I was an only child, so okay. even though we were poor, I was got some things that others didn't get because I was the only one. But I still had to had to earn extra money. For things specifically that I wanted.
0: So a couple months go by, or year. Okay. Um, Let's see. That was fifty-five. So that, a year. Was, I
1: was the first fifty-five. Yes.
0: Nearly a year.
1: Uh huh. And um, some at some point during that year, um, we knew he was coming to the fa- to that fifty-six concert. Okay. And uh, we, uh, of course, I all planned to go. And and back then, the the schools would turn out of school on that day. that They had Children's Day, which was that day he was here. It was on a Wednesday, I think. I know it was September the 26th of 56. And I think it was on a Wednesday. Well, you could get into the fair free. The school buses would take you, but my Another cousin of mine and I did not ride the school bus, her brother worked and he put us out. We rode with him to Crosstown and he put us out and we walked from there to TKE Drugstore and stood in line, stood there until the parade come by. And we joined in the parade cause the school kids would join in the parade and get in the fair, that's how you got in free. But we had to buy our ticket to see you know Elvis, and uh, we got in, went into that part about twelve o'clock, and he, that show didn't start till two or two thirty. So we sit, we sat there. We got there in time to. Um, we was about ten rows back in the chairs. You know, we wasn't up in the bleachers, and uh, so that's when we saw him. They, they, you felt like. And at some point, it was just you and him. You know, just it was a direct connection to everybody. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, what what was that saying that I think George Klein said? If you're an Elvis fan, um, no explanation is necessary. And if you're not an Elvis fan, there's no explanation possible. So I guess that's about it.
0: Well, and that's, that's kind of where I was going, you know, it's, um, you know, for me, I can watch it today and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a broken up 10 times, you know, every, everybody's probably seen at least some picture, anybody listening to this has seen pictures or watched the video itself, it's on YouTube now, um, you know, people can go back and watch it. And even for me, it's a, it's a, you know, that happened right down the road. I know, and that's exciting. And how cool is that? But somebody who was actually there. Uh, yeah, it was.
1: I'll never forget that day. Never.
0: So, was that the catalyst that started you founding the Tupelo Elvis Fan Club?
1: No, we we did the fan club before the '56 concert.
0: Oh, okay.
1: We was uh, I we was uh, that- two of my cousins and uh, two of their friends. We was all over at my aunt's house, and and I was over there spending a week with them, or a few days, or something. I don't I don't know. Uh, Of course, I've got the dates of all of this written in my diary and all of that. I don't remember. We just was all there, and I, you know, we just decided we needed to start an Elvis fan club, and I think it was if we had a fan club. It might give us a better opportunity maybe to get to meet him or something. I don't really know all that for sure, but we we just all decided we needed to start a fan club. And at this point, one of the girls had spent a whole day with him and his girlfriend in Memphis at the uh, Liberty Land or the fair or whatever. And she she stayed with the girlfriend, and they was all around. She's and she's only thirteen years old. She's younger, and um, she asked him for the ribbon. I think she said, off of that teddy bear, and he just gave her the whole teddy bear. We didn't have a whole lot of pictures and stuff at that time, but what we had, we put put them up on my aunt's living room wall. And I don't know till this day. This is something else I can't remember. They didn't have a telephone. But we we figured that I went to next door. Their aunt did had a telephone. It, she wasn't my aunt, but she was theirs on their daddy's side. That I went there and called the Daily Journal and asked them what it would cost to put an ad in the paper about our fan club. It, and they told me to hold on, and they got this reporter online, and he wanted to know if he could come out and interview us and do a write-up for the paper, and of course, we we was real excited. Of course, come on out, and uh, I know it was like at least a couple of days later that he was to come, and uh, we dressed up, and I didn't even have any clothes with me, nothing, only just short play clothes, you know, and I, I wore a skirt and blouse that belonged to one of my cousins, and, uh, we got dressed up and everything, and this man come out, and our parents knew nothing about it, and, uh, he posed us and made that picture, and the, he wanted us to play an Elvis record and act like he wasn't there. Well, they didn't have a record player. So we piled in the car with this strange man. Now, you think about doing something like that today.
3: And went about
1: eight miles to my house and got my record player and brought it back. and And we played a record and acted silly, but and he took some pictures, but thank the Lord he didn't put one of them in the paper.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you ever get those pictures from him? I had
1: them, or had part of them at one time, but I don't know what happened to them. And you know, I'm the only one of the whole bunch that actually saved any of that stuff. Is that right? I guess, I don't know if I was a bigger fan or a, I don't know what, but I think I was. I think I was a little more committed than they were.
3: <laughs> I know one of
1: them, uh, one of the sisters, uh, my cousin, she, we, we had a hard time getting her to transfer from Webb Pierce to Elvis because she, she really liked Webb Pierce at that time, and we kept we kept on <laughs> till we got her converted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it it was some fun times, good times, good memories.
0: Uh, let's let's get into the origins of the fan club. Uh, you were you were in right in the middle of telling that the guy, he came. You guys went and got your record player and came back and and took some pictures. Uh, what was that interview like, or what was?
1: Uh, well, I I got copies of that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Sure. You see the scrapbook it's been
1: through a lot since that that.
0: picture. So Miss Mallory is now opening up the original scrapbook. Oh my goodness.
1: That's the letter that I got back from him back in '55, and it's it's weird because that was September the 26th when it was postmarked of '55, and the the concert was September 26, '56. <laughs> but see, this was after right after I saw him at Belton.
0: And that's is, from Elvis himself.
1: Yeah, but I don't really think he signed it. I don't think that's his writing. That. That fan club president probably
0: wrote that. Okay, I can see what you you say. That doesn't really look no, like the one I, we're used to. Mm-mm.
1: I I would like to think he did, mm-hmm. but I don't feel. Would but you, hey, you know, at the same time, he wasn't. You know, that was '55, but he was already by then. By September of '55, he was already getting popular. So, mm-hmm. took and that, I sent him a get well card when he was in the hospital in Memphis, in the, like in the, 70, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That's a stamp, but anyway, he sent me a thank you card.
0: Would you Before you turn, would you mind reading that? So this is the, this is the letter that you got after, what was it again? You
1: were... I wrote him a letter, uh, you know, because I wanted to join his, find out how to join his fan club and all okay. that. And this is his response. And this is his response. Hi, Barbara. You may receive a membership card with my picture on it by sending me a dollar to Elvis Presley Fan Club National Headquarters, 160 Union, Memphis, Tennessee. You will also receive a large autographed picture of me and all other news and so forth. The billfold pictures are unfinished as yet, but I will soon have them. No, I'm not married <laughs> and have no, no serious interest at heart. Thanks, Elvis. And in P.S., please do not send money orders.
0: How do you like that? All right, so do you remember the, the content of your letter? No, no. Apparently, Obviously, you asked him.
1: <laughs> I must have asked him if he was married, <laughs> if he's married or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad I saved it, you know. Sure. Because so much stuff well, that's history from back then that I wish I had kept and still had that. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if this picture is the one or not, but the one I got at Belden was different to this one. Okay. But he autographed him at that time on the back. Because, see, we didn't, have, we didn't have sharpies.
0: Okay, <laughs> I got you.
1: And after, after he died, see, I got this scrapbook out and put this stuff over it because it was, you know, it was going to fall apart. But I know that they told me that that's not, his, that's not his, right. though, I know Well, it could be. That may be his autograph. It's sad, you know, he sent me an autograph picture. I don't really know if this is it. sure
0: looks authentic to me.
1: (laughs) It may be. But my
0: eyes are not professional.
1: It may be. But now, this is the write-up, see? Mm -hmm. Of course, the picture was down there under it. He's got rhythm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's what we all
1: said. Um one of, drew a mustache. One of my boyfriends did that and we like broke up over that. That same one that came that day. And that's my membership card that he mailed me. And that you know. This was to help build that chapel out at the birthplace. And we do have a stained glass window in there. It's, we donated mm-hmm. enough to do that.
0: Also oh, interesting.
1: And I give I give Mr. Nail credit for trying to make people wake up and realize what they had, but it took years. Even I don't think they realized it, till even after the the, the reenactment in the 50th year, the 06. Now this <laughs> this is something I wrote. Um, using his songs. Okay. And I wrote a story using the songs. Okay, let's hear it. Elvis went to see Long Tall Sally, and she said, there's good rocking tonight down at Heartbreak Hotel. Elvis just said, Laudy Miss Cloudy, I got the milk cow blues boogie, and besides, it takes money, honey. This cool reply made Long Tall Sally real angry. She caught the Mr. Train to think over her one
0: sided love affair.
1: <laughs> so this is silly.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well that's great. How old were you when you wrote that? Well it was
1: I was fifteen or sixteen, probably sixteen. <laughs> yeah, I'd had to have been sixteen by all these songs being in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's great. <laughs> oh Lord.
0: So the fan club, you, you've basically been part of the fan club since, since its beginning.
1: 56. Yes, and, you know, we all grew up and, and graduated from school and married and scattered. And, you know, we had some members join, but, I mean, we did, it wasn't, didn't go very far because of, you know, the age we were at that time. And we scattered. We didn't, you know, back then, we didn't have the communication that you have now. You know, like I say, we we married and started having families, and Elvis was sort of put on a back burner. But I still continued going to his movies and, you know, listening to his music and all that, and I
0: always was a fan. Any of the original members? Do you keep up with them? Or yeah, with them? the
1: two of them's my cousins, and they live up at Belden still. Okay. And the girl with the teddy bear, um, and you know, she still lives close. Now, That the other girl, I have not seen her. She lives up at Iuka, I think. But I've not had any connection or, with her. Um, and we all got together. Four of us was together at the reenactment in '06. In you know, we were all there. And it was so much fun because it was like, um, going back in time, <laughs> reliving it, you know, together. We, we got to be there for that and it was
0: fun. So today, we're coming full circle now, back to the fan club. How many members do you have and, and what's, what's the main focus of the, of the fan club?
1: Going back to 2006, Miss Jane Riley somehow found out about our fan club I'm not sure, but she called me and asked me if I would meet with them. We met at the automobile museum at some press conference, and this was when they was preparing to do the reenactment in 06 of the 50th anniversary of that concert. And I went down and met with them, and uh, basically that's how it started, and then that was in December. I don't remember the exact date. Late in December of '05, of two oh uh, two thousand and five. <laughs> I'll get it right in a minute. And then they were in January of his birthday in '06. They did their sort of kickoff, I guess, of it. You know, they started promoting it then. And uh, they had had a birthday and cut it, and they had me to come out and cut the cake and. And then they, they signed up 412 members for lifetime memberships for $5 at the birthplace. And, of course, I got one. And But a lot of those members were from all over the world. Then after that, probably that would, that would have been in June, she called me later. Uh, it's ironic that September the 26th keeps coming up. But we met with her out at the chapel, about 20 or 25 of us from around, and most of of them are still in the club. And she told us that that the city was no longer going to do any more with it, you know, that they they had about $2,000 left after their expenses and that if we wanted to um, continue it, They would turn that over to us, and we could do whatever, however we wanted to do, and she brought that picture, and we elected officers that night and decided to make it a service club, and that's how we started, was with that 2,000 and about 20 or 25 of us there that out of that all of them that was signed up. I, I, I would call that a re-establishment.
0: Uh, I, 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 I still want to hold to the 1956 yeah. is when it started. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then, um, um, yeah, I've got a picture that was made in front of the house with that picture. The, the Daily Journal come out and did a picture of the reactivation and restarting of it Mm -hmm. and we we started then and we we met at the chapel a few times not many because it was um, it was hard for them to uh, uh, because we met at night we had to, to too many worked at that time I did we all did and You know, then they they don't they're not open at night out there. So somebody from there had to come, you know, and all that. So we then we started meeting at the Neely Center out at Veterans Park, and we met there a while, and then um, Charlie Watson called me one day. It was November the fourteenth of oh seven, and offered us the opportunity to meet at his place. And I, my husband had just passed away that night to be exact. That was that morning, He, Charlie called me. And that night, my husband died with a heart attack. So it was a while before I got back you know, with Charlie. But I told him that, you know, I'd talk to some of the others and we would uh, come down and talk to him. And we did. And uh, we met down there through December 2014. And he told us that, you know, he needed his building and uh, whatever. He told us this in October, that we, you know, he'd let us meet down there through December, but we needed, you know, to try to find somewhere else. And we did, we, we met at the Link Center for a year. Then we moved to the um, Big Oaks Golf Club, and there, by then, we had, we, when we was meeting at the Link Center, we had about 50 people, maybe, and then when, by the time we got to the golf club we'd, we'd just growing you know all the time we was growing and, and it just wasn't enough room it wasn't enough room for us it was crowded and so then then we found the Catholic Church and they let us meet up there and it's just been wonderful It's been, because it's so I don't even know now see Charlie's would probably be crowded now I think he's moved out some things and made some more room in there, but it, with a hundred people in there, it's crowded.
0: How many members do
1: you have? Well, active members, I, I, I would say, counting if you counted all those lifetime members, on the roll, we've got over 800. Now, I'll, a lot of those annual ones that's on there is not current. But I would say we've probably got at least five or six hundred.
0: Wow. That so total membership, you're looking at somewhere around twelve, thirteen hundred people.
1: Yeah, that's, that's either been a part, that's been involved in, at, at over these years.
0: Level. Yeah, who held who, mm-hmm. who that? And it started with you four? <laughs> five, five. five. I keep saying four. <laughs> Started with you five. How about that? I
1: guess. <laughs> <laughs> I never, you know, and never would. I never, in my wildest dreams, dreamed that we would have accomplished what we've accomplished. Even even when we restarted out there, you know. But but my my idea was I wanted to do something that we could um, raise money. And do something to benefit children because that's what he did with those concerts. He wanted he donated that money to benefit youth and children.
0: I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for allowing me to come into your lovely home and um, talking about Elvis. And he has some great memories and very interesting stuff. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
0: And uh, I hope we can do it again sometime.
1: Well, you, you got to join the fan club, <laughs> and you got to buy a car tag.
0: <laughs> a car tag I have. So, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. And uh, tell all your friends to get a car tag. There you go. And something else you can get okay. is Valentine or anniversary or birthday or any of that. Donate a brick at the statue at Fair Park. Okay. For your wife or or just put one for both of you or one of your children or somebody special Yeah. all right and That so, that's another way we raise money that,
0: that's that's what it's going to cost for another interview huh <laughs> <laughs> well thank you Miss mallory i really appreciate
3: you you're welcome yeah i'm jack curtis i am the owner of jack curtis insurance agency right here in the birthplace of Elvis, Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, Elvis certainly uh, loved other cities other than Memphis. He had a great love and passion for Memphis and Graceland and, of course, Sun Records, everything about Memphis that helped him launch his career. Great friends that stayed with him uh, that he uh, knew from Memphis. But, uh, you know, he did come home to Tupelo, and and I I think uh, if it were my guess, because home to Elvis and Elvis's mom being and dad being very, very special to him <clears throat> to him, uh, I bet you that he had a special affinity and affection for Tupelo that we don't hear much about. just memories of mama being there for him when he was growing up. you know we don't hear much about that, right about we know that Elvis's mom was very protective but, I've heard Elvis uh, say in interviews that uh, his mama was always there for him. In the middle of the night, he could wake up with problems, and she was there. He had a real love, especially for Gladys. And uh, I just can't help but believe that as he was growing up in Tupelo, um, there were many, many special moments and that he reflected on later in his life, even when he uh, moved to Memphis.
0: You're very active, of course, in the... Tupelo Elvis Presley Fan Club. Um, What role do you hold there?
3: Currently, I'm the president of the uh, Tupelo Elvis Presley Fan Club, and uh, this is my second consecutive year to serve as such.
0: Well, I've I've already talked to Ms. Mallory, and uh, she kind of gave me, but I kind of want your take on this, too, how the fan club started.
3: Yeah, well, you know, we all have heard the story from Barbara herself of where... um, they started a fan club, uh, they had, I think there were about five girls that started a fan club way before they even had the possibility of meeting or hearing Elvis personally sing. <clears throat> and, um, so right there in a home, I don't know if it was her home or, uh, one of her cousin's home, but they started the Elvis Presley fan club and, um, when he came to Tupelo they had great hopes of being able to spend a little time with Elvis and uh, it didn't turn out that that was the case but uh, they did get to go and of course see Elvis performed. just didn't get that personal time with him that they all had uh, dreamed about I'm sure but uh, yeah that's about uh, you know going all the way back to when Barbara Mallory and a couple of her cousins and special friends uh started the fan club right there in the bedroom i believe it was of of their own home back in 1956 yeah that that sounds correct i've heard barbara talk about it and uh i believe uh you know that was the true beginning of a fan club for elvis and over the years of course the current tupelo elvis fan club has uh one thing in common, if nothing else with that, and that's that Barbara Mallory is still here and present and loving every minute of it. Big Elvis fan to this day, and uh, uh, she has really uh, devoted all these years to uh, honoring the legacy of Elvis. Very special person. and in- She's still very active in the club. Doesn't miss a board meeting, doesn't miss a meeting, doesn't miss an opportunity to get in a van with us and drive to Memphis to a special event, whether it's Elvis Week or uh, whether the uh, EP Enterprises has a special event going on. Uh, she's uh, she's always ready to go if it's got Elvis in, in in the event anywhere.
0: Tell me a little bit about what the fan club does Today, uh, yeah. like charities, scholarships, etc.
3: Sure, yeah, very proud of this. the The fan club is uh, uh, has several major fundraisers, and uh, we use those fundraisers to provide money for charities that we feel Elvis would have supported himself. That he would love. Um, we've given to um, things like uh, St. Jude's. We know how important that was to Elvis. We've given to Labaner's Hospital in Memphis. Uh, we've given locally to um, the uh, f- a physical therapy um, uh, company here that treats people without pay. That's something Elvis would have would have uh, have been glad to be a part of. People that really need it. Definitely. We give money to um, the Aqua Center a huge swimming complex and not only that we personally show up each year with signs and banners cheering on the uh, challenge children who have like their special olympics there each year so we don't just give the money we we show up and support it and cheer them on and and try to be active as such Um, we also uh, have the um, Biggest fundraiser for us is the Elvis Presley car tag. And we um, we get uh, a small portion of the dollars paid for each car tag when someone buys a personalized uh, Elvis Presley car tag. We get a portion of that, and that money is uh, goes to Create Foundation, and then we're able to use that money for all of these um Uh, purposes that we're talking about. One of my favorite um, charities is uh, one I'm really involved in personally each year is the uh, high school scholarship talent contest. And each year um, we have uh, six judges and we all meet. The judges meet, which I'm one of the judges, and we will uh, take 40 to 50 entries, high school students from all over the state of Mississippi who come and sing, dance, play guitar, play piano, anything that's um, in the realm of music, and we narrow those uh, contestants down to the top ten, and then the top ten get to perform at the Elvis Presley Birthplace on the stage there, Um, and uh, we give scholarships to the top three. We give uh, $5,000 to first place, $3,000 scholarship second place, 2000 for third place and they can use that money and it has to be used to attend college. So we think that Elvis would be uh, proud of of what we do in that area.
0: Tell me, go, go a little a little more in okay. deep with the car tax.
3: We encourage folks in Mississippi if you have a vehicle that you drive to ask for a personalized Elvis Presley car tag when you go down and uh, renew for your tag each year Um, because again part of the proceeds of what they pay for the personalized tag goes to um, create foundation and then we can use that money to support charities in the uh, local area as well as uh in other areas such as memphis tennessee Uh, we don't just confine our charitable gifts to tupelo there really is no boundary other than the fact that we want to make sure it's something that elvis would have supported and that he would be proud of if he were here today
0: uh let's talk about you a little bit okay did you ever get to see elvis live
3: I did not. Uh, my, mom saw Elvis. my mom and dad saw Elvis live in Shreveport, Louisiana at the Louisiana Hayride. My dad had a country band and was playing on the Louisiana Hayride stage that same day. My mom was there. He got jealous because my mom uh, not only got to see Elvis perform, but Elvis gave my mom a necklace on that day which she still has and treasures not even the children my brothers my sister none of us know where she keeps it she has brought it out on special occasions and shown it but she apparently has it in a lockbox or at a bank vault somewhere <laughs> but she um, uh, the story goes that, that uh, my mom was really screaming hollering for Elvis, of course, my dad had just performed earlier, and um, Elvis had uh, walked by, and um, my dad got a little bit jealous, <laughs> and uh, Elvis kind of politely excused himself and Then a few minutes later, came back over and said, I hope that I didn't, you know, da-da-da calls. And he said, here, I'd like you to have this. And he gave her a necklace. Isn't that wild? And um, so that's, uh, but I never got to see Elvis personally um, perform. I grew up on Elvis uh, with the records when I was young. My mom was a huge fan. And so I grew up listening to Elvis music from the time, Uh, well as far back as I can remember I was uh and I loved Elvis music uh you know I I guess when you grow up on anything whether it's music or uh peas (laughs) you, you tend to to uh to love it uh always but uh I just continued to listen to Elvis music even when I left home to go off to college and to, to this day my Sirius channel 19 is ever present on my in my vehicle when I'm driving. Uh, I rarely take it off of uh, Elvis Presley's Sirius channel 19.
0: And that kind of brings us into um, a little side thing you've got going. Tell me what an ETA is. Ah yes, the awesome world of the ETAs. You know I told you this episode was coming. Because of time, this will conclude part two of this special three-part episode of Shaping Elvis, Elvis Week 2018. And in the conclusion, we'll dive deep into the world of the Elvis tribute artist and see how Elvis's memory is being kept alive. And finally, we'll come full circle and listen to your memories of August 16th, 1977. And that's all coming up on Shaping Elvis, Elvis Week 2018, part three. And until next time, this is Josh Ward saying, Elvis may have left the building, but he's never left our hearts. Bye. Shaping Elvis is produced and edited by me, Josh Ward, executive producer, Jason Lee Esri. It is a production of WTVA Podcasts. The views and opinions you hear on the show belong to me and my guests. And don't necessarily reflect those of WTVA, parent company, Heartland Media, or WLOV. Thank you and good night.